0: on the back pocket we have chad Hegard, founder of cheeks uh one of the coolest uh and more sus- most sustainable just cool looking freaking clothing brands out there um chat welcome to the back pocket brother
1: yeah thank you declan thanks for andrew for having me this is awesome so.
2: yes and we were able to get connected through um sam yep. uh one of the co-founders of uh hippie feet Yep. And uh, I mean, what a cool little start to the podcast. We've never met; we were just talking off air. Um, you're an uptown guy, which rocks in general. I mean, r- automatic connection right there, and you just so happen to be moving into the similar area to where uh, the back pocket really found its roots in uh, in that in that region of uh, of uh, uptown. I'm not going to give away any addresses, right? Because you know, we got thousands, millions of listeners. Oof.
0: We don't Thank want God. people out of Clanton. <laughs> right on. Uh Chad! I I just recently uh, realized. I, I just got some in, intel, and I really want to start here. So, um, <laughs> you started Cheeks not too long ago. Which um, oh, yeah. I'll let you do the explaining on what Cheeks is. But uh, Sam's texting me here as we're at who challenges as Andrew mentioned. He's texting me right now, and he said that you lived in China during COVID, and this is where you started Cheeks.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, please um, explain. Yeah, actually, just I got back from China about a year ago. Oh, yeah, thirteen months ago. Um, so I was there for a big portion of, of COVID. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a. So I ended up. I had a friend that was coming to visit me in China on the twenty or the twenty sixth of January. Um, got got the visa, everything. He's heading on the way and right before he was leaving it was like ah oh, he already went through this like it's not that bad we can't i can't tell him not to at this point you know um but the flight there is pretty long and during that period of time it went from oh it's gonna be fine to oh wow um we gotta figure out what what so i picked him up the whole everything was shut down picked him up at the airport we went back to uh my little hutong which is like a little apartment. Uh, It's kind of the traditional Chinese apartment style. And did one day, and the next day, we went to a restaurant where, you know, you can't avoid checking your the news and stuff. And it was like, shit, this is, uh, this is getting to be a little bit, you know, he's got a job in Chicago, he can't be stuck in China. I'm like, what are we gonna do here? You know, what's gonna happen? Uh, So he ended up making we we stayed there for probably yeah 32 hours uh, or he stayed there for 32 hours i ended up getting on a flight right following him uh went back for a month and then
0: uh actually returned there uh, february 26th to china or to the united states
1: to china so i returned wow. for a month um and then headed back actually and stayed the rest of that time nice. there
0: so what brought you to china originally
1: Oof. Um, I studied in China. Okay. So I went, I went to St. Thomas as well. Oh. Um, so fellow Tommy. yeah. Who would have known? Yeah. fellow Tommy. What grad, what, uh,
0: did you graduate?
1: 2016.
0: Oh, sure, Okay. So you're two years older than we are.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Excellent.
1: But, uh, yeah. So I studied abroad in China when I was at St. Thomas. Um, I kind of, I think at the time it was like, oh, I'm going to go to China. It's going to be, uh, it's gonna be really hard. It's probably not gonna be that much fun, but it's going to be like, I'm, you know, I'm interested in international business, so it's gonna be good, whatever. And I went there and it was phenomenal. Like it was just one of the most fun, interesting places in the world. And so I knew when I finished that, I knew at some point I was going to return. Um, And it turned out that I'd been working at this company for three years and knew I, or like two and a half years. And I was just like, you know, wasn't what I wanted to do I wasn't sure what I wanted to do so I was a little it was kind of in this stage where I was like I don't want to get into the next thing without I don't want to just get into the next thing just to do it I want it to be what I want to do um, and so I was like this is the perfect time and ended up actually getting on a bicycle before China and then going from there to China so I, uh, yeah it was a uh, the last couple of years the last three years have been a, a ride
0: dude perfect time yeah. to record a podcast
1: yeah <laughs> yeah there you go
2: let's unpack these last three years okay so you you jumped on a bicycle what does that mean you
1: yeah uh a motorcycle no uh like a pedal bicycle um i yeah i i just i had this time between when my job started in china and wanted to have like do you want to like this kind of adventure and I had no idea if it was going to be a three week thing and I would just sell the bicycle. You know, I went to Greece, I flew to Athens. I bought a bicycle off the street. It was like a pretty cheap bicycle. And I bought a carriage off of Amazon that was rated for a hundred pounds. Um, and I put my backpack in the carriage and left Athens thinking, you know, if, if, if I go three weeks and I don't love it, I'll you know, and I'll figure it out and I'll do, travel a different way, um, ended up going, you know, I went through 10, 10 different countries uh, on a bicycle.
0: Dude. And then how long did this take longer than three weeks? I would imagine. Yeah. It went about four, about four months. Wow. Uh, dude, That is amazing. So yeah, it was, is this something like, I mean, we're, we're shocked as, cause we just met you, but like, is this something that you always had a niche for? Like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to throw myself out there into the world and not worry about anything except getting from like, just going on a bicycle to Greece. Like what, what, what was kind of the inklings or what was maybe the, the push to want to do this originally?
1: Um, so the bicycling, I wasn't a big bicycler before I actually, I never, I'd owned one bike. It got stolen. Uh, when I was in college. Um, and that
0: always happens at St. Thomas. You can't not be sh- a student yeah, at St. So- Thomas without getting your bike stolen.
1: Yeah, I actually that I did not get my bike stolen at St. Thomas. Then, so I originally left and went to University of Arizona. Um, had a little too much fun and realized I'm not learning much here. Um, and ended up moving, made the decision. I was like, you know, I'm getting by, uh, but I'm not like I'm getting by because I know how to get how to get 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 get, get by. You know, I can figure it out. Uh, but I wasn't really gaining much from the experience besides. You know, being there. I guess I learned a lot about myself. Not much school-wise, um, and so ended up moving. Yeah, transferring to St. Thomas and finished there. So my bike got stolen in Arizona, in Tucson. In Tucson. Okay. The dirty tea.
0: And that's also not shocking.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But the bike trip was just. I, I think it was not very planned out. To be honest, it was more so, you know, well, I'm gonna get really like kind of weird, like, deep into it right away. But I think you know, let's
2: it get was weird. Let's get weird,
1: man. Yeah, I think Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Um, I have always, like I was an extrovert. Always I was uh, in sales, I was always able to focus in if I'm in, in a meeting with someone I can, I'm zoned in on that person. And there's nothing else. I am alone and i've got 10 different things in my head i will be reading a book and i will really struggle to focus and to be alone and so i think part of the bike trip it ended up being like you know for the weeks coming up i get really excited i was like this is you know i got to figure out how to be alone how to be solo for a long time and like be in my own head and be okay with that and (laughs) And I have no idea if I figured it out. You know, some days I'm like, ah, oh, I got, got a lot out of it. Some days I'm like, I don't know if I probably got worse. Um but yeah, that was one of the the one thing is I was just never like if I was away from people, I wasn't uh my mind was racing. Uh and so it was like, All right, I'm gonna go and figure out how to be okay alone.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. And that you did. You it was you yeah uh a carriage that can hold 100 pounds and a miscellaneous plan of you want to see some countries on a bike um and like let's like just like a couple days in maybe a weekend um any like was it like to be expected you were able to just kind of like maneuver through a country find a little place to stay meet some people like well what was kind of like the ordeal was there some uh trials and tribulations along the way
1: yeah. Um, the big thing that I learned really quickly is, I mean, in this sound, this shows how, how, how little I had thought through this, but um, the the padded, you know, the, the butt pain of riding as long as I was riding was horrible. And I've just recently this year, I was like, I want to get back, like, I want to get into biking. Um, and I realized that that is not something that just goes with biking. Like there are adjustments that can be made to fix that. And I think I just thought that that was part of the sport and just kept on going. And, uh, and it was painful. I was in a lot of pain. I remember the first day, I'm calculating in my head, you know, numbers guy, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go this speed, I'm gonna go this far. Oh, it's gonna take me like, it'll take me five hours, you know, and, and, I was going the first, the first day I was going 78 miles with a carriage and through Athens, which is not a spot where you, you bike. I mean, they, people don't bike in Athens. It's not Copenhagen or like, it's not a fun, it's not a greenway, Minneapolis. You're, you're on the streets and there is no sidewalk. It is dangerous. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Like what streets do I go on? Um, yeah. And it, I, I, I biked until really late, really late, uh, just to figure out to the next, yeah, to get to the next place that I plan on getting to. So that was a, immediately I learned, all right, I'm not gonna go at the speed I thought I was gonna go. Uh, I need to decide how, you know, where am I gonna, where I need to make those next steps a little bit shorter. Um, But the beauty of it is like, got there, sore, But there's no one that needs to, I didn't have anywhere to go. So, if I wanted to, I stay there for a couple days and then I see the area. And that's the beauty of, I guess, being alone and then also not having a schedule.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think the the first thing that comes to mind is like this idea that you're like really soaking in each cultural and culture and each environment as you kind of are going along and taking it at this very very slow pace that not a lot of people can you know grasp and so that perspective alone is just really cool And then the other thing i really like is the challenge that you gave yourself of like knowing that you're a ma- massive extrovert um i'm a massive extrovert myself just knowing like that you need to have some alone time or you need to understand what that alone time feels like and like just sounds like the combination of like immersing yourself in culture with being alone and kind of being on your own schedule it sounds like the the combination of those two uh was incredibly fruitful for you.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was good.
0: The uh the best
1: adventure yeah, for me so ever.
0: Um yeah, on in in some of that adventure, are, are there any like crazy stories or adventurous stories that uh you could potentially share here?
1: I've got I got one that comes to mind. Um I was this is pretty late in the trip. And I think by, you know, I was kind of figuring it out and I was like, all right, this is, this is good. And I, and I'm in Serbia um, and I'm on my way to Kosovo. And most, I mean, I didn't know this much before, but you know, those, they're, they're at war. Uh, Serbia considers Kosovo, or Kosovo considers themselves their own country uh, while Serbia considers Kosovo part of there. So Serbia has like a checkpoint to go through, but not it's not technically like a, you know, a border control. Um, and but Kosovo would have it going going out. Um, so that's just backstory. But I, I'm biking, and I'm looking on this path. And I'm seeing, like, on Google Maps, which you, I should have assumed Google Maps is right. But, um, on Google Maps, it said I had to go to this one, like way out of the way, to go to this one checkpoint. But on Apple Maps, for whatever reason, there was like a big road, like I could, it was a visible road on the map that that went right over the border and went to the this next city that I needed to go to. And um, I was like, well, you know, this isn't this isn't really a border, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. And so I start going up. Uh, I remember. I'm going up this hill and there's these four Serbian kids who are biking after me, like talking, you know, just being like, what, what is this guy doing? You know, talking the whole time. But at a certain point they go off and do their own thing. And, and I, I hit a dirt road and I realized, all right, this road is not nearly as big as it looked like on the map. And I'm keeping going, I'm going uphill the whole time. Uh, And I get to the top and finally, you know, go down and I see these little, basically like little trailers um, that looked like it used to be a, a customs check uh, or a, yeah, a boarding, a
0: board security board. checkpoint. Yeah, a little board. Um, board
1: and, but it looked like it was abandoned. So I just, I was almost going to bike right through. And two guys, one big bald guy one shorter guy came out and uh, looked at me like I was out of my mind and the one thing like if you if you're on a motorcycle or in a car you're a threat to people and so in any country like people just don't welcome you in but when you're on a bicycle people think you're insane or they think you're like really harmless you know so i would get welcomed into people's houses people would stop me up this like because they just are they're just you know weirded out that you're biking um and so this guy was looking at me with that look like the hell is this guy too? And I handed him my passport. And he was like, hey, this isn't a security checkpoint. Like, you got to go back that way. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, and I, I kind of in my head, I was like, I know this isn't a security, che- like, I know this isn't uh, official, you know, like, I can, I can work this out. And so I'm, um, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what do you what does that mean? Where, where do I have to go? And even though I did see the map and they're like, Oh, you have to go this way. I'm like, where am I going to sleep tonight? Like what's you know, I, I just, I knew they were gonna let me do it. Um, and but they, for a while, I was like, Oh, I don't, he, they're not gonna they're not gonna agree to this. I actually, I was very surprised I didn't have it. So I'm back and forth. This guy's calling his boss, the bald guy was on my side. He was like, dude, let this guy go. He's harmless. And the other guy's like, No, no, no. You know, this. He, he can't go through and they've got these, you know, these big machine guns, which they weren't confused, but still like a little intimidating. And uh, and after about 10 minutes, I'm adjusting my, you know, I'm trying to just stall, like adjusting my uh, bag and like trying to look like I've got nothing, like I have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, at a certain point, the guy comes up and they're after talking a bunch and he, he puts up his hand and I... I thought he was trying to give me a high five and say, you know, go back th- that way. And he, he ended up just saying, go, gas, go. And he ended up uh, letting me go through this border. And it was a very surreal thing that, you know, there there are borders around the world. At the time, there were, there were some issues in other countries. And in, uh, in Israel, for example, there was really mess, you know, people were getting shot at the border. And this guy was just like, gas, gas, gas. And it was a, yeah, it was a weird thing. But that night, I ended up biking through... A war zone that I found out the next day, which like Metrovice, which is a little town north of Kosovo, is, uh, yeah. I, I done. Have you guys ever heard of um, warm showers? It sounds like a it sounds like a sexual thing. It's a terrible name choice, but it is like couch surfing for bike biker enthusiasts. So if you want a place to stay, they can help fix up your bike. They'll give you a shower and a place to stay. And so I went to this one and this guy was a diplomat, Uh, I expected like a local experience. And this guy comes up, he's like, Hey, Chad, we're going to get steak and wine, you want to come? And he was a US diplomat in uh, in, yeah, in Kosovo. So and he had told me that to where I biked through uh, was a war zone that he would need two armored vehicles to go through. So
2: Dude, that story just kicks ass. Uh, Absolutely kicks ass. Um, love the navigation of the situation too. I mean, that's, I'm assuming you have been on the road for a couple of weeks, so you yeah. are being, you've gotten comfortable with like being that guy on the road. Um, from you know like little kids surrounding you uh, up the yeah. hill <laughs> to arriving into a sketchy situation, but playing the card of like, oh no, like it's totally chill. I'm just a guy on a bike. Uh, <laughs> and uh to the point of you like recognizing this guy might be friendly let's give him a high five and he's just like oh i'm friendly but you can't show any any love towards me gas 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 that just is the coolest situation um i'm I'm assuming happened time and time again in many different ways um and i think that's like that's your card that you get to play when you're an extrovert you know you, you you get to lean into that um but on the flip side, you're alone constantly. You just you rode through a war zone. You had no idea. Um, you're meeting all these people. You're you're riding on your bike for hours on and on end. Um, before we transition off this uh, like the this journey, this exploration, I'm I'm curious from like someone that you announced pretty quickly, like, hey, I'm an extrovert. This is going to be a battle internally. Um, Declan mentioned he's an extrovert i'm for sure an introvert i love being by myself uh, really? but I have like racing thoughts all the time yeah. it's hard to sit with myself um so i'm curious like how was that like riding what was going through your head when you were going through pain or when you found some like sense of joy um like internal dialogue what will like what was going through that realm
1: yeah uh the interesting thing about being alone for a long time is you start to, to in a in a fun way, like you start to kind of look like an insane person, um, like, you know, I'm on a bike and I'm, sometimes you're talking to yourself, sometimes you're having conversation and just like trying to like work things out in your head, and when you're alone for that long, like if you do it after a day, you know, then then you you kind of think you're insane, but after eight days, you know, nine days of being alone, it's. You, you, you gotta you gotta kind of communicate with someone so it's going to be yourself um i guess that doesn't really answer your question but like you're after a while it yeah it, it becomes I, I would,
2: normal it becomes normal it becomes
1: and, normal and, yeah. you, and you do get comfortable just like anything you do you know you do it for a while and you just decide you're going to keep on doing it. it it might not be what you're naturally what you naturally like or are good at, but you're, you're going to figure it out likely. Um, or you got to switch your tactics, but you're going to, you know, you're going to figure out what, yeah. Yeah. How to be, how to be okay with it. And then how to almost, and then you have to figure out how to enjoy it. You know, there's two steps.
0: It's funny too. Like, uh, when, when I was running, uh, in the Moab, uh, 240 with uh, so I, cool. When I was pacing, yeah, no, thank yeah. you, I appreciate. It. I would, I would highly recommend, like, if anybody's listening that is thinking about getting into ultra marathons, the best way to do it is to pace someone who's running it, or just be a part of of that of a portion of the ultra marathon because I think the ultra marathon and running a distance of like 200 plus or 150 plus, any long long distance, the the just the mentality the The culture of the people everything included with that race was just like one of the coolest experiences that i was able to be a part of an experience for one day of the four um one of the crazier things though that happened when we were on the trail was you know we were probably we were in the middle of nowhere at one point uh as as there were many points along the moab trail that uh, have these but you know, we were getting to a certain point where we started realizing, like, cars were driving by, and they were asking us, like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, you guys look like a bunch of idiots uh, running into oncoming traffic as it nears nightfall. And, uh, you know, you tell them we're running in, uh, as a part of We're running the moat. We're running 240 miles. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> uh, but there's sections where we're running for a long time and not really saying much because we're tired. And you finally like stop at an aid station, and I remember we stopped at our last aid station after running 31 miles, and where we get there and like everyone's really quiet because everyone's like all you know we've been we've been having these internal dialogues for seven miles seven eight miles or, or 31 miles, and and we're exhausted, and the aid station people are like, do you want food? Do you Need some tailwind, like do you need help with anything like they're very cautious and like you you don't want to say anything because it's like you're tired and you you're exhausted of you're not used to like communicating you've like almost forgotten uh yeah. so it's very interesting to to do that and like try to like immediately flip the switch and go right back into society um yeah. in that sense so i i can I hear what you're saying where it's like you know you spend way more time alone thinking and having internal dialogue. And then all of a sudden you're, uh, approached by two bald men, uh, who are, you know, who you now have to like go right back into sales mode. So I could see how that's like crazy. Uh, so while you were talking, I was like looking up, you know, we're not, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm the like the largest geography guy, but, um, there's a lot of distance between China and Greece. So like,
1: Yeah. No, 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 I went to, to Greece. Yeah. Did a, bi- a bicycle ride around the, the Balkans. Oh, I actually flew then from, um, uh, from Turkey.
0: That makes to a Greece. lot of sense while you were in coast
1: or right? to China. Yeah. Okay. I was not, I didn't, that would have been, I did meet some people along the way though. Interestingly, oh, right. That, uh, that were doing that trip. And it's like a year it's like a 16 month trip
0: yeah dude i can imagine from, uh, that's a long yeah. trip
1: <laughs> it's a long that's long bananas. Time.
0: so yeah, yeah so you, you so you took the risk you went on this bike trip um mm-hmm. you got to see some cool ass places if you have any recommendations of like places that we should go or like anybody listening should go let us know um but i also want to hear kind of your journey into china and that whole experience um and like what you were doing there man because it's I've uh, just personally, I, I was in Thailand at the beginning of 2020 last year, and oh, cool. uh, met a guy who had lived in China. You, you know, uh, he was an uh, American teaching English in China and had yep. stayed there after graduation. And was like, he was becoming he was he was becoming a teacher, but like didn't want to teach in the United States. He wanted to go somewhere else, and like they needed English teachers in yeah. China like crazy, so he went there and then basically never left. Uh, and he had nothing but great things to say about China. I was like, interesting. Like, I feel like they like, I should recommend this to a lot more people in terms of like an avenue of like, if you want to be a teacher and do something like this, but anyways, I'd love to hear, yeah. man, like your, your whole experience there, I'd love to hear kind of any, any, anything from the bike ride that like any places that you absolutely loved and would recommend, but I'd also love to hear this journey into China and how that was.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll give two places and I won't say much more about it and then I'll shift into the China, but uh albania is super people think of albania because they think of the movie taken and they think of like uh just gangs and and like trafficking of people albania is incredible cool um georgia is is one of the most beautiful yeah there's there's places north north of georgia that are really really beautiful uh so those would be the two places hell yeah man but uh yeah china I don't know. I think we you you kind of mentioned there you said, oh, he loved China, you know, and I think that that is a a common and I actually, you know, I deal with this quite often is. I'm I'm a pretty big China advocate. Uh, and they, and there's been times where they've done some things that they'll never, you know, that will be a stain on on their country forever, but we have also done those things. And I think it's, you know, it's two empires that that are that are that the dialect between them has to be or like, you know, the conversations are gonna be one way because they're two competing empires. China's been an empire that has fallen and got, gone back in power, might go back, you know, it's just like two big powers that are talking in, in a different way about their competitors. And so we have this, this goofy uh, perspective and this idea of what China is and China's awesome.
0: Dude, I bet. It, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is interesting that they <laughs> there is a there is a bit of dialogue of, like, you know, there's no denying that China is uh, incredibly good at what they do and providing re- goods uh, and resources yeah. to the United States. I mean, you can't get away from any of that. There's also a lot of problems with China that we don't necessarily need to get into. But I'd love totally. to highlight your experiences in China and just, like, why you love it so much and, and maybe stories and things associated with that. Um, and, and what was the job that you took when you went to China? So I know you went... You went out there over J-term, yep. and you know, you know, got the rigmarole there, international business, etc. But then, what did you end up uh, doing after that? When so you I was actually, time?
1: so yeah, I was studying, and then I was also teaching, just like the the friend you met in Thailand, English, yep. teaching English. Yep.
0: No way. And did you have any yeah. background of like teaching English before you signed up for that, or
1: no? I took a, um, I took a TAF. It's a, it's called TEFL and it's like a teaching in a foreign language uh, certificate, which, so a lot of these countries won't, don't require any kind of uh, teaching degree, but they, they do want some kind of certificate. So um, yeah, there's a, there's a few different options, but I took the TEFL and it, I took it online while I was working and before I knew I wanted to leave and I, yeah, so I went there and I got a job.
0: That's amazing. And, and what are the things
2: like? So you've been there before. Uh, yeah. You, know, you know, studying abroad. Um, what were some of the things? Um, I, I, yeah. Let's start with that. Let's. What are the, that for that first time over there, study abroad trip. What were some of the things that made you come back? You mentioned how you know China rocks. You You got yeah. the hog, You wanted to go back. What were some of those things?
1: Um. I think it's really easy here to get into like um, we do it and it's actually a good thing but we get into like auto i mean a routine which sometimes can turn into autopilot and you're going through your days without actually sitting back and actually realizing what you did and um and that comes from just a place being super known which there is awesome things to having a place that you know everything you know there are amazing parts of that um but there are also some things that you Sometimes you can take a lot of things for granted, mm-hmm. and so and days will fly by, or, or yeah, fly by without you realizing it. But in China, you can never get into autopilot. There is never a boring day, um, because the culture is so different. You you never like oh I expected that, you know oh that makes sense. It's 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 so different and and i think that's one of you know the chinese tourist and even the chinese would say this is one of the goofiest i don't want to say worst but goofiest tourists around because that people think they're rude but they don't mean to be it's a cultural difference that is just they're curious that western countries are so different from them uh we you know the french call it like we are very proper you know, the, the Brits and the French really made us uh, manners wise, they brought this in. And like, so when we sit down at a table, we, we eat with our mouth closed and live this life, and we won't fart or burp in front of people. And their culture just didn't go through that. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's just a different and, and if you, you could go there and be really, like, pissed off, you know, you could be like, what the hell? Or you could just be like, this is awesome. This is crazy like th- this is so different it- it's funny and uh and it's enjoyable you know and the people are awesome once you get past and you just know that like it's so different and you just want to you gotta you gotta kind of take it and be like all right now i want to learn about it uh this difference is sweet
0: yeah right on so one of the ventures i so you did you get into Cheeks and start Cheeks when you were over in china yeah
1: so i i Originally, so I was at a conference listening to Sarah Blakely, the CEO of Spanx, who's a total badass, um, one of the first women billionaires, like just cool as hell. Um, Saw her at a conference, and that's where this whole idea, kind of collarless business apparel, offering something new to that area came to be, and a very different idea at that point. But... um, then I went to China, and it was all even on the bike ride, this was something that was on my mind, because this that conference was literally a week before I left. Um, And so I was like, "All right, that's been that was circling in my mind for a long time throughout. Um, But China was, you know, when I got there, I was trying to learn from the the experts, I was trying to like, learn as much as I'd go down to different factories, I'd go down to these things just to learn about uh, how to make textiles. Um, But it wasn't It didn't really all, it didn't go into full motion until January of 2019. So I'd been there already for, you know, six months.
0: Sweet, dude. So then when you, like, and talk to me, like, kind of behind, I know you're wearing a cheek shirt right now for all the YouTube uh, viewers. and. Uh, I did notice it like uh, off air. I mentioned, I was like, Oh dude, that's a cheek shirt. Like I I've seen that, uh, your style, uh, around like, in and, and uh, when I followed you on Instagram and everything, I was like, Oh, this is like a cool, when you said collarless bu- business apparel, like that's exactly what it is. But it also like, it looks incredibly like light, comfy and mm-hmm. very unique. Like it's a real bitchin' version to say you got a V neck on. I think is really what it looks like. Uh, yeah. So like, talk me through like this the inspiration to even want to get into this industry. I mean, Sarah, Sarah Blakely obviously is a portion of you know probably uh, you you mentioned that already as as a as something that's fueled you already. But like, what's the fascination behind uh, this type of apparel, or like what were you seeing?
1: Uh, I think originally it was just comfortable apparel. So mm-hmm. originally it was like, have you guys ever tried on like? Do you have a clothing item that a brand that is that you just stick to because of comfort nowadays that you won't, you won't until something else comes out, you're gonna stick to them? Um, so
2: I, for the longest time, I'm, I'm stripes over checks all day long. All right.
1: um, big Adidas
2: guy. Uh, but recently I just went to, uh, you know, Danolo's over here in North Loop. Yeah. Uh, my, one of my roommates went there and was like, dude, you gotta check this place out. And the clothing line Vuari, which I think is now like one of the top clothing brands um, across the world. Um, big fan. I like that's yeah. everything fits fucking great.
1: Yeah. When you when you find something that fits you right it, you're going to stick with it no matter what you know um, and so I had tried on originally give them credit Lululemon's commission pants came out. I was working and traveling like for sale stuff three out of five weeks um, and so like having really comfortable clothing was really important to me. Um, I've tried those pants on. They worked with the suit. They worked with uh, I could go to the bar with them. I could do whatever I wanted. I was like, these are awesome. Like that was the first time I'd gone from buying you know h and m like cotton shirts or whatever I was buying to wanting to pay more for something that was gonna be better, last longer, and be more comfortable. Um, and so you know i'm I'm a backpacker, obviously, you know, so like that having what a you know having less, but having the best is one of like one of the best things to have because. You know if you got a lot of it goes with decision fatigue just overall kind of minimal uh min, minimalism um yeah so having having better clothing became a big thing and then i i got really into like fabrics and comfortable clothing and then i heard the sarah blakely thing but at that point nothing had really clicked i just knew i want to do colorless business apparel and originally it was going to be I want the the line to be callers are for dogs. We're going to do a, you know, we're going to do kind of like a bird dog kind of marketing uh, campaign. Um, but the the brand and what we wanted to do with it didn't didn't wouldn't have matched that. Not to say it it couldn't at some point, but it it wasn't going to work. So so we went a different avenue. But that's where it all started. It's callers are for dogs. I'm going to do this campaign we're going to do business apparel and we're going to say, you know, fuck collars collars are done. Uh, and yeah. And then it kind of evolved and, and different things came through, started looking at technology and fabric. Then that, that's when China hit, like, all right, how do I find the most comfortable fabric uh, and the most high-tech fabric there is? And you know i'm looking reaching out and there it's the best place to do it because shipping is so damn expensive here to get all these different textile samples and to go out to all these factories and stuff would have been you know immensely expensive uh but there it's like all right i can go to these factories all around i can get them to ship me different textiles we can develop different things Uh, the back and forth was so much easier Mm -hmm. there's no i don't think i could have done I mean, it just would have been different, but it would have been a lot harder to be here. It's, it is harder now uh, to be here, not for like developing new new fabric and new technology. It's just it's harder. So being there was was helpful, and I could I could do all these things. We could make small adjustments. We could be back and forth. Um, so a lot of the time in China was just trying to figure out the right textile, and then you know it goes from there to to designing, and here we are. Um, yeah,
0: Sam, or oh, go ahead, Andrew,
2: I don't know you go first. I got a pivoting question. Go ahead. Oh,
0: so S- Sam mentioned that you had, you have like a material of your clothing that like transitions your, or like regulates your body temperature from like, you know, if it's, it's cold in the morning, like the, the shirt will keep you warm and then it'll cool you off when it gets hotter during the day. Uh, is this true? Like I need to hear more on this. If so.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so unless this is proprietary, in which no, we'll say no, no, no. to the listeners, no, you're you know, not. this is all proprietary information. That's all you got to tell them.
1: No, you're good. Um, so there, we licensed the technology, um, but in a, in a in a thread, and we added it to our own different mixture of of um, fabrics to make this material. But what you're talking about is the it was originally developed for NASA for heat regulating yes. abilities, and so it's a micro encapsulated, basically tiny micro encapsulated heat cells in in the fibers themselves that allow you to, you know, if you're gonna go in, say it's really hot outside, you're sweating and you go into, a you know, you're in Arizona, so you probably know this. you go into a room, you might get those chills and like, oh, you know, it's gonna help with those transitions and and bring you back to equilibrium by about three degrees. Um, And that three degrees might not seem like a lot, but it it actually, you know, it, it it can keep you happy. Um, and so that is, so we basically took that part of it and then added the, you know, the wrinkle resistance, the stain resistance, the, the highly, you know, high stretch material. So, you know, the, the idea I guess is to get you through your day without worrying about your clothing and yeah. And to make it, make it so you can do all the things you can need to do and not be held back.
2: Uh, you hit all the touch points on my end. With the first one being uh, wrinkle-free. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a guy that's always stuck in wrinkles, man. I went to Kowalski's and I got this like wrinkle, <laughs> wrinkle spray, so I don't have to iron things, and like it helps a little bit. But you're looking at it like I, I'm so wrinkled up right now, and I hate it. Um, but
1: those are what you have right there. Is not really. I mean, I guess or, there are a little bit, but they're not super. It's not wrink. A lot of people, I feel like, sometimes I'm. And I'm, maybe I'm just really su- super self-conscious about it because I made these shirts. People are like, Those, there's wrinkles there. And I'm like, that's not a damn wrinkle. That's a, you know, that's just the material. perfect. You, yes, you move it, um, <laughs> yeah. but
2: no, it's like, it doesn't crease uh, Yeah, like totally. typical dress shirts that do. Um, you got you got me sold. I'm all aboard. Um, I would love for you to kind of break a couple things down for us. Uh, yep. Where can we buy it? Um, what is the, what's like the best sellers? A uh, little little price point. Give us. I mean, you, you've already done an incredible job of pitching it because uh, I'm I'm gonna hop off this call. I'm a, I'm gonna be a purchaser.
1: Um, but I would I just might, love the I might, to join me. Yeah, I might even say you might want to wait a little bit because we got something fun coming soon. Ooh. Uh, oh. So. Yeah, it might a be a,
2: the, like a- Like a Black Friday, holiday. Well, it'll
1: come before Black Black Friday. Uh, okay. We've just got a 2.0 that's coming out with some, some fun additions and some fun like improvements that we, cause yeah. Okay. There, the first one I think was great, uh, but it could be better. And so we, we kind of reinvented a little bit and made the adjustments that needed to be made.
2: Dude. Yeah, I was gonna ask like, uh, how's it going? You know, how's business been? <laughs> but you just said you're coming out with a 2.0. Say less. Business is booming. Um, oh, it's,
1: it's been, he, I, I wouldn't say it's booming. We're, we're, we've had our struggles. Um, and a lot of it has been from, you know, it, these things take longer. So like getting the product has taken longer. So we ran the Kickstarter and, you know, originally planned on having this product, originally it was like February, end of February, you know, I should have never said that. Uh, And it ended up just being a lot later. And for me, that was, and they, people expect it on Kickstarter. But for me, it's hard because I, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And it was difficult to, to have to tell people. There was actually a period of time, you know, one of the things I learned throughout that process, there was a period of time where I was, I didn't want to tell people something because I was scared that I didn't know all the information. Wow. And one someone told me, who cares if you don't know? And it was actually a big. It was a big. It, I, it changed everything for me in in this sense. And they were like, "Tell them you don't know." They just want an update. You know, people just want an update. They they backed your project. They just want to hear what's going on and why it's taking longer. They, they they're gonna be more upset that they're just not hearing anything. So that fear is just don't don't worry about it. Just tell people what's going on. Um, but yeah uh, long story short it took a lot longer we got things there we had a big issue um, you know some of the products we got products out but a lot of some people didn't get their their products and then we waited for the next production run so uh, we were out of in, 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 which is a good thing we were out of uh, out of inventory for a while but yeah it hasn't always been pretty. <laughs> I mean, as it, it ever is. You guys, you guys know very well.
2: <laughs> no, we know very well. Um, and especially yeah. this year, man, I mean, supply chain stuff is yeah, a nightmare. There's nothing going on. I mean, you're talking to a Decky supply chain over here, who's needs all the wood in the world and
0: all, I mean, yeah. you're, not, you're
2: not in a, you're not in the wood business anymore. You're more, you're more in the, you're in the metal business. Um, I'm
0: in, I'm in the mechanical piping and electrical business. Now I, I've been waiting. I, we have to order stuff, uh, that have eight, eight month lead times like i missed a i missed a due date on something like earlier actually boy. today officially uh because i didn't get something ordered that was like four months ago and like so you're
1: ordering a lot of
0: you, you're you're ordering a lot of this equipment as well you're not just
1: figuring out how how to put it together you're yeah are you well they, yeah. they have
0: drawings that tell us how to put it together but i yeah i order all the i make sure all the materials correct. correct yeah. I, I purchase it all um i get it organized i tell the guys what to do on a day-to-day basis and then i try and organize the job so that it gets done in a timely manner to the uh the expectations of uh said power plant so that that everything can go smoothly um things don't go smoothly most (laughs) times no they don't but but damn it we pivot and we and we don't have any problems uh there's never a solution we can't solve or never a problem we can't solve sorry um yeah but yeah, dude, the supply chain's is so bananas nowadays, and it sounds like it's going to continue for a little bit of time, unfortunately. Um, yeah. so, so explain to me a little bit. I, I really loved what you said about, like, if you don't know, then just tell the people. I feel like. Wait, uh, before you get oh, to okay. this, I
2: asked a question. I didn't get the. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah Sorry. The Go listeners
0: ahead. are on the edge of their seat right now. Um, mm-hmm. Where, where do they need to go
2: to
1: get the
2: Oh yeah, get <laughs> link, link in
1: bio, dude. That, that is a uh, thank you for bringing that back. Yeah, you can go to Cheeks.com, C-H-E-E-G-S.com, dot com, or we're on Instagram at uh, shop cheeks. Yeah, Got
0: what's it. what's yeah. an uh, impetus behind the name of cheeks?
1: Um, at the time, it came a little. It came during Sarah Blakely's thing, so I wanted something to mean nothing, so I could define what it meant, but I wanted to somehow connect to me as well um and so it's a little bit of a play i guess off the off the name but also just something that can be defined for whatever you know oh I, that makes sense i can define exactly what what that word means from now on which yeah.
0: uh Chad heegard could be a I, login if i do name. a good job yeah cheeks cheeks sounds like your login name at like saint thomas like you know C. heegard but they shortened it down cuz heegard's a little you too know, long
1: yeah now i'm getting some people are calling me that and i don't know if that's i don't know if i'm uh i don't know if i'm on board that but uh i guess i i did that to myself you know i,
2: you it, know, I don't, don't think don't that <laughs> still, uh Decky and i are the back pocket boys through and through
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's fair my name's declan they call me decky it's it is what it is man it, it it takes on a creature of its own but i mean you know Cheeks isn't necessarily terrible for your brand um just just being honest with you you know man to man here brand guy to brand guy uh, yeah. the worst situation you can find yourself in, and there may be potential worse situations, but the, the, the one that comes to my mind is if people start calling you Chugi cheeks, and if someone's calling you that, then we, then, you know, we need to shut the business down.
1: Yeah. Rebrand immediately. Yeah.
0: If someone ever calls you Chugi in the fashion industry, you know, <laughs> you did something wrong, uh, yeah, collarless business apparel that could be used anywhere. Uh, Done
1: by Chuggy cheeks
0: done by two choogy cheeks. That could be That could be brutal, but you could create I would like maybe a spin-off account uh, that you could create uh, Of people just wearing H&M like cotton shirts and that could be Chuggy cheeks Like that could just be your page where you draw attention to the bullshit and set it set it up Yeah, uh, yeah set that up dude get the memes running get the pictures running of like looking people and then suck that data and then sell them what they need, which is Cheeks.
1: This gets, it was very funny. Um, This gets me to like another side note, but creating just a page to to do another thing. So (laughs) early on, before I actually had the name figured out, before everything, I was like, oh, screw it. I'm gonna figure out, I'm gonna do a page, collars are for dogs, we're gonna do like dogs saying, vulgar funny stuff to one another and doing weird stuff all wearing collared shirts and that was going to be like that was how i was going to set up the page at least to when we did start we'd have uh some kind of following and make that switch or or just use that page to uh to bounce off ours anyway i mean only went for a few months till i realized we're not gonna end up using this uh this isn't the the vibe but it was a funny uh it was a funny little spin off.
0: Yeah. Uh, good little yeah. venture.
1: Yeah. yeah. A little, a little, good little venture.
0: Right. And you, and you got to pivot. You got to figure out what you need to do. But yeah. uh, throughout the whole process, I mean, it's something that you give a shit about, which I think is something that we can all relate to here. And I think that's the, that's the cool part. I mean, um, we can't sit here and judge you off the, the moves you've made in the creation of Cheeks and be like, Oh wow, I should have done this and not that or, x y and z i i just really appreciate hearing your story arc of like these last three years of just like you've got you've really thrown yourself out into the universe to like really give yourself a a wholehearted experience of life and like it sounds like you've really taken that initiative and done and really lived your life with a solid purpose and uh we love i just love listening to people to like explain that and then share that passion man and uh so through all that I just what what I'd like to know and, and it's it kind of goes back to the you know the that give a shit mentality but what is your average quality and this is something that's like something that you could that you just do really care about um, but you um you know sometimes you're really good at sometimes you're really bad uh and and you really but you really care about it uh, what is that one yep. thing that you always think you need to be improving on or your average quality
1: A lot of things nice like a lot but um I think yeah, most things. Um, focus is something that I feel like I'm, I'm really good at at times, but I'm also – I go through, like, uh, I, go, I go through different periods of times, waves of when I'm really, really dialed in, and that's, like, not just for hours. I mean, like, weeks, months, and then I'll have a certain amount of time where I just can't – I can't get in that routine. I can't get into those uh, – can't get my mind straight where i'm really really dialed in and going and i can you know and and it's funny i feel like now i've toyed around i've figured out the tools for me that work but yet i still don't use them which like you know during those those times where you you're screwing it up like you know what's right right like you know what works you know what you're doing when you're in when you're the best you when you're dialed in but yet there's like these waves and i wish i could just get rid of those uh those downwaves, I guess. Um,
0: no, the downwaves give you perspective for the upwaves for sure. Uh, that's fair. You got to yeah. embrace the down uh, for sure. It just to, just to pull yourself out of it. Um, but yeah, isn't that just kind of a funny paradox of life that like you could be, you could be the guy to give all the advice in the world and you kind of know that you can see someone's situation so clearly and know exactly what they need to do where like you could have something very similar going on internally yet you don't have an answer for it. I think that's kind of funny yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally
2: absolutely and i i think another thing with like the I, I feel i'm uh i relate to that wholeheartedly the idea of uh oh i gotta do
0: the same i don't think I. Did it. yeah dude andrew your screen just started glitching like the a7s typically do and i was like no way Oops. i have such uh-huh. a good eye for this
2: i know have <laughs> been slacking i think i missed it for probably 10 minutes that's um right, dude. The, I, the, the dialed in mentality or that when you find that flow state for an extended period and then one day you wake up and it's not there um, and then you start scrambling and thinking to yourself like what happened why did I not eat right did I not get enough sleep should I have been working out am I not making enough time to sit and be and meditate Am I um, not, am I, have I not talked to my family in a little bit? And you're just, mind's just racing. What's the answer? What's the answer? Why can't I get into my flow state right now? Yeah. And um, one thing that I've been genuinely working on the last six weeks is when the, when these moments arrive, uh, arrive, I step back and I have and say, there is no answer. I don't want there to be an answer. I don't want there to be a reason. Because it's better if there, it's almost better if there's not. And I'm just like, and I think to myself, I'm not in that flow state, and that's okay. Yeah. And then I just continue on with my day, and I find myself picking up the pace again without trying to like backtrack, figure out an answer, and then come back to where I am. It's more so just like I'm here, and that's okay. Because yeah. eventually, I know if I just continue to be, I'll pick right back up. Um, it's not as, it's way, uh, harder than it's, it's easier said than done, but it's a practice that I, it's, it's like just recognizing yeah. that I'm not in a flow state and that's okay.
1: That, yeah, that resonates with me a ton. It's a, I, I love that. I will, cause I feel like I actually heard you guys in the, um, the one your podcast with Sam, you guys talked about something similar that also resonated with me was just like, we have this the high points where we're, we're, we're busy, right. And then we have these low points, and we feel like we have to still be busy, we feel like we still have an obligation to stay in this and find things to do. But the whole point. I mean, I, yeah, I don't that's not we just have to realize that that's not the point. The point is to to get the work done and then move on and figure out and take those time like when you have free time like you said, sit back and be okay with it uh, and enjoy it because that's that's the whole point is to have the time.
0: (laughs) Dude, I heard Uh, this uh, great analogy today from uh, KFC. He had this new interview (laughs) that came out. uh, KFC Barstool He's Kevin Clancy. He has a show called The Kevin Clancy Show where he talks with other bloggers and stuff. And uh, He's talking with Robbie Berger, who's uh, the host of the Brilliantly Dumb podcast. This guy who's got that crazy East Coast voice. uh, Yeah, yeah and uh anyways he uh he was talking about this mantra or mentality of like enjoy your swimming pool uh where it's like people in life like strive to like get the big house and have the swimming pool and then like the famous thing that happens is like no one ever uses their fucking swimming pool when they get it uh so he's like either realize that you don't want it uh or use it when you have it and I think that's just a great mentality of like, you know, if you're not somewhere where you want to be, like, and you know where you want to be, like, you know, continue to fight to get there, but like recognize what you have. Like we all have swimming pools to some degree that we can swim in right now. Like we know we're in a certain position that we wish we were probably a couple years ago. So just like instilling yeah. that perspective and knowing that we're in the spot exactly where we need to be and we need to start swimming a little bit more and enjoying it. Um, rather than looking so far ahead. Now, d- there's also a, a, something to be said about, like, you know, there is an aspect and a good thing to look ahead, but, um, dude, you got you to gotta yeah. enjoy it while it lasts, you know? Totally. Absolutely, man. And,
2: you know, there, there are those moments where we just unpacked, pressure becomes stress, anxiety is rising, and you feel like the world's crumbling before you. Um, and I'd like to ask you, Chad, in these moments, what's in your back pocket? What makes you you? To allow yourself to get out of these situations,
1: I have a lot of energy. Uh, and when it when it when it comes down to it, uh, I'm going to figure it out. We had a yeah. If if it if it needs to be done, I got the energy to do it.
0: Did you have um, a story to back that up? It sound like as an energy guy, it sounded like you had an energy surge just now.
1: Yeah, we just we had a on our first production run. Um, we had everything arrived and and super excited, right? This is the first time we have I've actually got the final product uh, in my hands. And you know, we we manufacture in a few different places. Um, we manufacture in Taiwan and in Mexico. All you know, our our model is is fair wages, sustainability. Um, in the end, uh, we. It doesn't always mean that it's here, uh, and it also doesn't mean that we actually don't have the capabilities to do some things here. So, um, this that's besides the point. But we we send everything uh, from Taiwan. It arrives. It's supposed to have been checked uh, for quality inspections, and I open it up, and and I'm, you know, I'm like, holy cow, this is I can't sell this. I'm gonna have to uh, reach out to all of these backers, and I'm gonna have to say that. I have to either, you know, cancel it now and start, try to start this venture later. Or, you know, this is, you know, that's where my head goes first. And I, I called this person who's an amazing uh, friend of mine. And, and, and she goes, I remember it. And it was, it was just like, she goes, all right, go to, um, go to Joanne Fabrics right now, buy six pairs of, of, of scissors. You're going to go to my studio and you're going to go through these shirts. And, and that that was just I just needed that little, like you know you're in that situation. I would have gotten there, but it was a nice it was a nice uh, way to get out of that that bad like ooh, we're not gonna be able to do this. Uh, to all right, it's it's gonna happen. We'll make it happen no matter what. Um, go there, call as many people as I can. We're going through every shirt one by one. Um, takes about five five minutes a shirt finishing you know, snipping, if they didn't, you know, if they didn't meet the quality expectations, they they got sent back. Um, but we went through all of these shirts one by one, it took 150 hours. Um, and obviously, you know, there's sleeping involved in between there, but every day for 150 hours, uh, and got it done. And, and that is just one, like, when it comes down to it, it's going to get done. Uh, yeah, and the energy helps
0: Dude. Sounds like it, man. Uh, high energy guy, Andrew. What were you going to say? Sorry.
1: Yeah,
2: I just I want Chad. I want your energy on my side, uh, <laughs> dude. You point.
0: got a lot of energy. I
1: can see it.
2: Yeah. I'm, oh, hey. Between the two of us, Deck and I.
1: Uh, yeah, you, I've heard you, you guys are you guys are gym five five a.m. footballers. That's right. That's, yeah, that's
2: exactly what we are. Uh, at yeah. the same time, dude. I love your energy, and as an energy guy, uh, you need to surround yourself with other energy guys because. I'm not here to carry the energy. I like yeah. to bring the energy, but I don't need to carry it. I got to utilize other people's energies. Um, yeah, it's, it's very important to diversify your portfolio when it comes
1: to the energy business. <laughs> you, you do. I agree. I, it sounds like we ought to be here in our future.
0: Yes. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah, Andrew brings we'll, up a really we'll good one. We'll trade point. some energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The energy is a currency. People forget that it sometimes. Is, 100%. Uh, and it
1: is, hundred percent. The people you're around are gonna change it.
0: And the crazy thing is that there's sometimes there's energy producers and there's sometimes energy suckers. And you gotta. And sometimes it's good to give energy to someone who needs to, some sucking. But there's other times yep. that, you know, <laughs> that we need we need to be producing uh, energy and, and putting on for our for our for the greater community. Uh, yeah. So, for our, fellow, for you our guys, fellow collarless dogs, for our fellow collarless dogs, dude, it, they're exactly. all out there. Where are my dogs at? Are they barking or not? Yeah, are they wearing collars or not? Because if they're not, they're my dogs. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, I always like imagine like input, you know, fraternity, uh, like white males with collared shirts and just like with text underneath that just says puppies, you know, because they're not dogs.
1: Oh, the the marketing opportunity there. I think it was there. But when we got into the, you know, the price point that we were going to be at and the like the technology, the mm-hmm. brand didn't match that. Right. Uh, but I I do still to this day, I think there's, there is a space. So if someone wants to do callers of dogs, um, I'm it's not going to do it for now. It's, it's there. <laughs> here, you, here you are.
0: Yeah. There outsource, you go. outsource.
1: Yeah. Outsource. It. You're welcoming but, uh, it into the
0: business. You're just not physically doing it. I, I, I've exactly. been there before. Don't worry, man.
1: Yeah. But uh, I, I do I commend you guys. You guys do a great job of I've listened to the ones i you guys do. Bring a lot of you guys bring. Andrew, you too. You bring good energy out there, man. You guys do a lot of cool stuff.
0: Appreciate, appreciate it, man. man. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much our goal, man. Just uh yeah. our energy is uh actually rocket fuel for us to get to Mars one day. And yeah. uh, you know, it's it's uh it's little doses at a time. You know, you're not gonna get to Mars overnight. Rome wasn't built in the day. Same concept. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I, I actually just like to ask you, that I think about it. Like, what does, what does your future look like on Mars, Chad? Hmm. Um,
1: I'd like to have people, I mean, I'd like to be the, an innovator behind clothing. I'd like to offer, uh, opportunity for people to express their different, um, different fashion. And I want to break down all these traditional norms that are pretty dumb. So like collared shirts and ties, there's uh, the only reason that those are really a part of our culture comes down to conformity power. Uh, In the past, like collars have gone a long way, a long way, uh, originally, so I'm getting a way back story. But originally, it's like, It came down to, if you could have a white collar, you were rich because you had multiple servants that were doing your laundry. Then it went down to removable collars so that the working class could get in that game, right? So they could keep a a removable collar clean. Then it comes down to like celluloid uh, um, collars that kill people, you know, or tight on your neck. Either way, history about collars is so, we've just stayed to this thing because it's just been the way it has been and it's wrong. It's com- uncomfortable. So yeah, I want to offer people something different. I want the I want, I want to see way less collars out there. Um, and so that's the Mars is like, no collars. I, car- com- I don't want to see any collars. They're yeah, they're uncomfortable. There's no reason to have them. And so yeah, the the goal would be fuck collars. Uh, I don't want to see them anymore. That's Mars, dude. a collarless world.
0: Fuck yeah, man! I'm right yeah. there with you. I think that'd be yeah. sick. I love, yeah. I love how you've niched down on something so specific. I, I really think you're gonna have success. Well, thanks.
1: We, we're pushing. Love it, dude. Yeah. Awesome,
2: man. Uh, I support it. I'm uh, as someone who feels like um, they will be a, a a contributing leader. I'm not gonna be the leader, Mars. I'm not gonna be the mayor, Mars. But I'm gonna be. Oh,
1: dude! You should be though.
2: I'm gonna have a vital presence on Mars. Um, that is that is the objective. Uh, I will be on that first shuttle to Mars with, with the fellow um, explorers that so do trust that journey. And so you uh, you want to be the first? Yeah, I'm on the first shuttle to Mars. <laughs> That's why I like our business. Plans.
1: I love it. I love good space people. You know I love the people who love space. I love that. You guys are already winners in my book, no matter what
0: it's uh space we had to guys build, we have to we're, we're space guys we got to build into the business model you know people are like yeah. what's your five-year plan and we're like what's your pl- five-year plan for space you know there's a lot of things uh that we have to talk about there and you know that's why we're fucking going at a thousand miles an hour baby uh yeah that's what it's all about uh i did just think of something though because my mom and andrew's mom and many moms across uh the globe here and universe uh are big time collar people uh they you know my mom's always like don't don't you dare you know go no tie at a wedding um you know maybe i'm don't ooh, like daggling. don't you know she's 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 a conformist we'll call her what it is yeah. you know and, and it's nothing against my mom my sweet sweet mother great woman maureen uh yeah but you know she she loves colors and i would have a hard time pitching her a cheeks look at easter mass uh or yeah
1: maybe i gotta i gotta sell the moms
0: yeah, I mean mom's buy clothes for the kids and uh grandma's buy clothes for their grandkids and you know, it, yeah. this is a vicious cycle that's been going on for years as long as collars have been alive. Um so we got to figure this one out. Uh we could we could work through it now, uh work through it yeah. later. I think <laughs> I think this is something that's going to need to be a constant conversation at the Cheeks Summit every year. Yeah. Um yeah. how are we going to win over the moms?
1: Oof. We do need to, yeah, we need to fight the traditional or no, traditional norms are usually passed on by the moms. You're right. Absolutely. Get, I mean, yeah.
2: it, it, at the end of the day, I mean, deck, I think we've come to this realization, but we like time and time again, but we forget this realization. I mean, we are a pro mom podcast, but we haven't truly understood why. Um, uh, I mean, we love our moms. I love my mom, Carol. I, if you're listening, I love you. Um, but going back to like the Hannah Perez podcast, um, well, what was the product that she is uh she's getting ready or she's starting
0: to sell um something to do with moms it's like a mom care mm-hmm. it's like a a sack i don't know shit that's not the way to pitch it uh.
2: <laughs> it, was to it, with, yeah, it was something to do with yeah with something to do with mom <laughs> and then we were like you know who you really need to get to is grandmoms because they're the ones that are going to be watching the kids and you know that it's always going back to The the hierarchy of moms really runs business, and people aren't appreciating it enough. And that's what I'm getting at. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, or I just need to target people with
0: no moms.
2: Oh, yeah. All right, right. that's a good pivot. I like
0: that idea. We just need the moms when it comes time for like Christmas, you know. Well, at least
1: for the meantime, until we can, you know, until we have the 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 money to really change all the moms' minds. Well, okay, you know, there, maybe this a point maybe of
0: you bring up a good point though. We're not gonna ever change the moms' minds, but we gotta infuse the culture of no collar to be so cool that kids are asking their moms for cheeks apparel for Christmas. Just like just like what Untuck did. And the did. moms have to be okay with it. And the moms That's have the to be okay thing. with it. So I think I, that yeah. Well, think I can about convince the kids. Did. Yes, yes. convince I can the kids conv- sure. I can I can convince
1: the people or the the, the, the guys who are gonna wear it. Hundred percent. But the, you know, yeah, convincing the mothers. I think I can even convince the girlfriends easily. Hundred percent. We have no problem. Mom, there. moms are a little bit more, uh, yeah, they're a little bit more old-fashioned. Sometimes, not
0: all moms. We got to talk yeah. about Untuckit, the Untucket brand, though. Dude, I mean
1: they have done a phenomenal job. Yeah, uh, yeah. Granted, they have collars. They changed the game. But yeah.
0: but they they at least broke the barriers they of tucking a shirt.
1: something in. big. Yeah. They changed something big, which I think, yeah, I commend them for that. Like.
0: Some of the, some a model that we could potentially use here at Cheeks Corp.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of yeah, it's so funny because they were one of the there's so many companies that do take these strategies, but they haven't really changed. They might change the sizing, they change the model of how they get the clothes, but really there's only a few companies that have changed the actual look, the style. Have changed like the whole entire apparel, and that is Antaka did it. I mean, in in a way, for sure, uh, and we're gonna do it. So
0: right on, man. Uh, Well, sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, all of it is, it it, it is a challenge. Um, in terms, you know, we've talked it, we've talked it through, um, these past hour and nine minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, um, at the end of the day, like a lot of this is, you know, each step that you arrive at is, it ends up becoming a challenge. Um, but with that, I mean, we, we phase it head on, we, we embrace and we move forward. Right. at the, totally. the, uh, speaking of challenge so like how we even got in touch with you how we met you is through sam who challenged us to get you on the podcast now we'd like to continue this trend uh chad who do you think we should have on the back pocket
1: yeah um the person that comes to mind is i've got a who's i mean there might be some connections somehow there but dick polipnik is i've actually got two that might be but one of them one of them has got a uh a similar last name so i don't want to give it to you but uh but he's doing some really cool stuff footprint project um but dick plipnick is a marketing company um and he's a super charismatic young guy i met him and he had like three companies going when he was you know 18 19 years old uh he's just he would be amazing to talk to and just hear what's going through his head and what his story's been
0: totally man challenge accepted I've, I've yeah. definitely yeah. heard that kid before. I was going to say yeah.
2: Dick. When you hear some uh, someone's
0: name like that, Dick Bliknik, uh you don't forget
1: it. Oh, yeah, never. Not once. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. not not
0: a day goes by not thinking about Dick Poliknik. Let me tell you, <laughs> it just yep. doesn't. You, doesn't yeah, you can
1: never forget that you can't name. Can't forget that name. <laughs> on, I think he, uh, I met him at a uh, Lincoln
0: Drink, if I remember correctly, from back from back when the Lincoln Drink existed. If you ever did, you ever go yeah. to those, or do you remember what Lincoln no. drink was? I, Okay. I did not. Yeah, no. uh, one of our buddies. What? What was it? It was exactly what the name says. It's, uh, it was a like a networking event, like a networking thing. A networking event over over drinks. They'd have like a uh, a panel with three uh, bigger people in the Twin Cities, and then you'd have like a an MC who would ask them different questions and different stuff like that. And then the majority of the time, it was just networking, link, and drink. Yeah. And it was sick, man. And uh, it ended with when uh, Brandon, the guy who's founded it. Uh, our good buddy Brandon Polizuk, he uh, ended up going and taking a full-time job at Iconic, and he actually lives out in Scottsdale. Um,
1: For a second there, you you lowered your voice, and I thought you were going to tell me he passed away. Oh, um, no. and so him moving, moving on, it sounds sounds, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, killing it. Guys, <laughs> yeah, not guys,
0: awesome. way alive. So, couldn't be more alive. <laughs> Super alive. Super alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, sorry. my I, I got to work on my case. No, no, no.
1: Uh, it, was a, it was a pleasant surprise. You got me pumped up that he was pumped. You know, <laughs> yeah, that I he was guess alive I got the people had, interested. Yeah, yeah, holy cow. He's like, yeah, he... Yeah, he went moved on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you did do that, dude. <laughs> I did do that. I, thought, I mean, I know he was At one point, I
0: thought he's gonna he was going to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christ. Christ. <laughs> Got, uh, I guess hey, that's something Chad, I can
2: work on. Damn it! It's something you can work on. your cadence as a podcaster cadence is important. We got listeners. Um, yeah, but we, <laughs> we got listeners. This they trust us very, very deeply. Uh, but Chad, this is this rocks. Uh, this has been yeah. a really solid hour, and I really appreciate you hopping on the back pocket to hash out your story. I mean, the last three years have been a wild ride. What's super cool is we just documented some of that. In uh, three years from now, you'll be able to listen back to this and be like, shit. I really hadn't accomplished that much because look at where I am now. In three uh,
1: years, less people are going to be wearing collars. Less people are going to be wearing collars. They're not less, all not going to be wearing it, but less
2: people, less people. And that's the most important part. And, uh, mm-hmm. in doing so we will get to the moms and we will, uh, have a full customer journey in line. Uh, but to uh, finish this podcast off. I got one final question for you, Chad. Um, what did you learn today from a moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation?
1: um so today i went to the customs i had i picked up a big shipment of of stuff and i went into the place and i realized this is a different location than the last one and i asked them and they were like yeah we and i've had in this in my mind that this supply chain thing is kind of bullshit i think it's just like the the demand has gone so high up but the supply chain is now caught up it's just like people are buying so much more because they're stuck at home and they've got more money than they did before. Not all people. I'm not saying that there aren't a ton of people struggling, but uh, there is this. You know, uh, there's been checks that have been given out. People are sitting at home. They might not have the same kind of expenses. So I've had this theory that oh, supply chain is just it's just slow because there's a lot more going on. And I go there and they're like, no, actually, like things air has been really slow or we haven't had any air like during COVID, there was no air uh, traffic, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, oh, but I, I, I guess I, it's not as much what I learned. It's the realization that uh, not everyone like our business model right now allows us for flying, which we'd like to stop because of carbon footprint. But you know, supply chains are messed up, but they're all just going port wise, but air is still very slow. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and that Jeff, was, a, that was and probably Jeff not what you expensive. expected, but <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. It feels expensive. I no, I think yeah. it's kind of fun to get your own perspective on maybe rumors or things that you are kind of commonly accepted as knowns. So, like, yeah, supply chains so messed up, blah blah blah. Like, but like when you really look into it, or when you physically go walk to the customs office and ask the people on the front lines, like trying to get your own perspective you know changes things man i think it's pretty cool yeah
1: yeah i
0: right know man well sweet awesome Excellent hey thank work.
1: you for yeah thanks for the time you guys this is really fun absolutely dude and fun were you talking, standing
0: man. the whole time <laughs> yeah dude are you tired
1: no i do, i usually stand i love yeah i don't know it's
2: fucking crazy i told i definitely was like why is your ceiling like, why are you so close? Oh, to yeah. No, I'm, but I'm,
1: you've been standing. I've been standing. Yeah, I got a standing desk. Sick. Dude, it's,
2: hell it's,
1: yeah. It's a little warrior. Dude, it, I've got way more energy when I'm standing, which is
2: 300. maybe I don't need. one podcast. in. Sorry to cut you off. 331 podcasts in. We've never had a guest stand the whole time. The whole time.
0: Crazy. Really? Yeah, dude, you're no. the first one. Oh, first that,
1: one. that's mind-blowing to me, actually. I'm surprised. I feel like... Oh, standing desks are are in, man. They are. The the the, the yeah, they are popular. Very popular. You you get to move around. You can do anything. I get to stretch during the day instead of going down and sitting down like doing something else. I just stretch and then go back in.
0: Right on, dude. Well, that hey, take yeah. take take, <laughs> take a load off, man. You freaking earned it.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Christ. Well, right on, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, Chad awesome awesome time hanging out yeah. with you man um i sh- we should have said congratulations on the uh the half iron man congratulations oh, yeah. on you. your uh bike trip around the baltics and and throwing yourself into china and uh and rocking cheeks man i think i think the fuck the Collar movements is going to be something impressive it's uh the fuck I'm, the Collar movement you have our support uh and our endorsement entirely on earth and on mars and uh we're excited to freaking build this thing with you man uh yeah happy to support you
1: I think one one thing I'd like to add that I didn't didn't about the the business side of things is one of the most important pillars of of Cheeks is that we are really focused on the sustainability portion of yes. it. So we do we are carbon neutral as well, um, and yeah, I just want I don't think I mentioned that earlier on. So that's an important part. It's like fair wages, sustainability, um, doing everything the right way because we're at the time where. We don't really have a choice, and people shouldn't have a choice. Like, if yeah. you start a business now, and you're—it's it, one thing if you've already you've already got all the bad tendencies and you got to fix it, but you can't start a business now and
0: do have it bad tendencies. the
1: wrong way. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, it's so. an expectation, man. And I, you know, for the people yeah. listening, you know, definitely go give these guys a follow. Like you said, sustainability, fair wages, um, all of that is right on the front page. Uh, and and you you wear it proud, man. Um, like I said, stoked to have you, and uh, thanks for yeah. being on.
1: Yeah, thank you. Have what an awesome right? day, you guys. Sweet. That's a wrap,
0: dude. Awesome. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man. I think it's time to huddle. Yeah.